All right, folks, we are live for this week's episode of the Big Go Belt podcast. We have some interesting things to cover this weekend. We will talk about our weekend of in-person events. I was at Battle Club Pro in New York, New Jersey area. Jamal made his way down to Jacksonville for Double or Nothing weekend. So we're going to break all that down along with the moves that WWE has been making and the ones that people are predicting is coming Whatever that may be. But nonetheless, we're going to get into this episode tonight. And we're going to start this episode right now. All right, folks. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Big Go Belt Podcast, which you can find us live each and every Thursday on our social medias. It's your host here, Two Chains, alongside of Mr. Hill, Will, Hot Take, Mahoney, and the Giant Crab, Jamal. Uh, fellas, how you doing today? Tired. Like, surprisingly surprisingly tired. Like, I don't I know the, where this week went. I think it's the rain, too. A little yeah. bit of storm coming through the area. Um, definitely start off by saying happy Pride Month, everybody. Uh, love is love. That's the message here. Um, and also, too, we we, we record uh, e- uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. And right now, Classic is going down on Impact Wrestling, which I'm going to have to go back and watch the uh, remainder of it as uh, um, Josh Alexander and TJP are putting on a 60-minute Ironman match. And what's really oh. unique about it is that... Um, the beginning part of this match started off on BTI before the impact. And then the the remaining part of the time goes into impact wrestling folks. That's a big deal uh, because it's analytically smart to track people in, in, in that, in that way. Uh, Jamal, I'm not going to take his credit, but me and him talked off the record about someone else who should be taking this strategy in their, uh, in their marketing and branding. And the fact that impact is doing this, uh, not only is it, you know, has been a good match from the parts I've seen. Uh, this is an absolutely really logical thing to do. Uh, but we'll talk about that more. But let's talk, let's talk about our weekend because, uh, you know, as the world tries to become normal again, out of the wake of the pandemic, uh, both me and Jamal have attended live pro wrestling shows. I went up to Battle Club Pro Wrestling, which uh, we were uh, official sponsors of. It was a really good time. Uh, Me and Damien. Damien made his way back to his home city uh, from Texas. And uh, beyond it being just a hell of a day, two shows, it was a long day, too. I mean, I was strained. (laughs) Those double headers are always like that. Especially when they're indie shows. Yeah, it was a long call, but it was fun. Got a, got a, um, was able to see a lot of friends. Um, got to see a lot of talent. I was able to interview the entire roster. 
um, and just helped uh, Joe K. Morales, who is uh, one of the owners of Battle Club, really helped the show move. And um, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity. And overall, it was a banger of a show. Um, I, you know, we have the new Battle Club uh, franchise champion and Mick Drake. Uh, but I, beyond him winning and having a gold, I definitely have to get my hats off to um, uh, 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 Rob Killjoy. Man, that dude, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you, if the Ugly Duckins have not been on your on your radar, you have no clue who they are. Uh, you know, one of the members right now is uh, basically going through some health issues, so they're not tagging right now, but Rob is still on and gone and, and definitely doing it for the team but I advise you to go back <laughs> and search the libraries and look at some classic matches that they do and Rob is a star <laughs> I think he had three matches within the day and it's like he lost no steam in none of them the dude is just he, he's, he's a star uh, but yeah overall it was a really good show a lot of good matches and um just a really good time so i enjoyed it and i can't wait to uh be back for their next show which i believe is going to be in july if i'm not mistaken that seems so soon but yeah july I think it's 31st july. i believe yeah okay yeah right so at the end of the month so yeah that's about right so but uh yeah yeah definitely you can check out um both of the shows they're on title matches uh youtube page i believe uh where you can catch it or their subscription service i'm not actually totally sure but um yeah it, it will be available if it's not available now uh, very soon so you can look at battle club pros twitter for updates on that but that's this my weekend along with damien's we both had a good time so i'm sure if he was here he would share the same sentiments uh jamal we have a lot of questions for you sir because right, you fire away. You were definitely down in the heat of things in Chernobyl, Florida. Uh, excuse me, Jacksonville, <laughs> Florida, uh, for Double or Nothing weekend. Uh, this was, uh, I believe, this is the first time that uh, that AEW has really put out a slate of this magnitude. Where Dynamite was on Friday, which I know is the first time, but also they had their form of access, which you gave me high praises, which I will, will revisit that in a second. And then the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which was uh, an interesting pay-per-view of its own on Sunday. But I think my first question for you is um, just what was your level of comfortability being in that atmosphere? Uh, Which which atmosphere? I'll I'll say the whole weekend. Well, let's say the whole weekend. As a general, once you got back on on, on your flight to come back home, what was just your thoughts? Like, okay, you took it all in. Like, you know, what, what did you make of it? So as far as the weekend goes, um, I would say that I got to do and set out what I wanted to do. Um, I had a plan. I'm a big planner when it comes to vacations. You know, every second needs to be accounted for. And I got to do most of those things. Unfortunately, when I booked my flight and I found a pretty decent flight at a pretty decent price, (coughs) I booked it for Wednesday because Dynamite comes on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. except when TNT doesn't give a shit and puts the NBA playoffs on. So that Wednesday show was preempted to Friday, which means that either I could, like, you know, go to work for the rest of the week and fly down or just do something else, but um, decided not, went down on Wednesday anyway. And Jacksonville as a city, it's fine. It's not the, the tropical, uh, you know, tourist destination that other bigger cities in Florida are. Um, or more, not bigger because Jacksonville is actually the biggest physically and by population. 
but you wouldn't know it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic, keeping people from out, out of um, downtown. Uh, a lot of all these office buildings, and they do have some giant office buildings, they were empty, as most of the country is working from home. So I didn't really get to see the hustle and bustle that is Jacksonville, for what it's worth. However, people were at the beach. Jacksonville Beach is about 15 miles outside of downtown. Uh, people were there, but still everything was kind of strained. Every store that you saw, maybe one of those three, one of those five stores were closed. The mm-hmm. other three were uh, closed as an out of business. The other three were closed and their hours were super adjusted from like 12 to 5. And then one store was open. So it was a lot of like, I wish I were there to see what it could have been maybe two years ago yeah. when things were normal. Um, as far as getting around and stuff like that, it was fine. Everything is just slow. You know, you want an Uber? Wait an hour. They ain't coming. <laughs> um, hold on, hold on. Will- to, be, to be clear, is this like post-event two hours or is this like any given time two hours? Um, Any given time, it's definitely a lot longer of a wait than I'm used to being here. Um, True. But it is but post event, forget about it. It's not gonna happen. Um <laughs> Yeah, I remember yeah, we yeah, left uh, sure. we left the Royal Rumble down in um in um uh, San Antonio and it took us like two hours. And I was like, dude, I'm just gonna walk because this tank is never coming. <laughs> right. So uh so either way, uh Wednesday was cool, Thursday was cool, Friday was the show, and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, went to Elevation at 8 o'clock. Dynamite was at 10. This is the first time I've attended Elevation because it didn't exist when it, when AEW was last year. And that was that was fun. It was exactly, you know, what I wanted to see. Basically, it was an indie show with the best pro- indie show production ever. Just a bunch of matches with no context. That's exactly what I want. And then Dynamite happened. Um, you know, actually, between the two shows, uh, QT Marshall came out and try to put on this sympathetic uh, uh, villain um, kind of monologue, like, hey, you know, thank you, you can thank me now for making AEW what it is. I trained them. Um, I'm, you know, I'm the one that told Cody to do this and that, and then Tony Khan came out to a thunderous ovation um, and ran him off and basically said, like, hey, um, cool, uh, first time here. How many? Nice, nice, great. Uh, please don't curse on national television. We we can't we just we just can't allow that. So <laughs> the Tony please. Khan ground rules. Yeah, I mean, you like enjoy yourself, have fun. You know, make sure you take all your stuff with you. Great. Uh, don't please don't curse on national television. Yeah, and uh, where's the Black Lives Matter shirt guy at? Make sure you get ready for your prompt. Like you know, all these key, all these keys that's in place here. <laughs> so uh, and then Dynamite went on, and the show was the show. The show ended at midnight. Duh, so long night. Well, I mean, not necessarily a long night because elevation was fine. You know, it, it started at um, at eight o'clock. You know, there was some Justin Roberts did his thing as as a consummate uh, you know showman and host. Um, the show went on for about an hour and a half. Uh, there was a QT segment, and then we were just in time for ten o'clock. Let's go! And then that's when it hit me that I've been up since you know. 6 a.m. because I had to get out to Dallas, which it might as well be in goddamn Kansas, um, to get my flight down here. Um, and even though 
that was earlier, I you know, had been in Jacksonville for a few days. It was still a long day that day to be up at midnight. And then, of course, there was the ride back to the hotel. Now, because Jacksonville is split by this giant river, the St. John's River, and my hotel is on the other side of that river, even though it's a mile, it took me an hour to get back to the hotel. All the way around. Yeah, 40 of those minutes were waiting for the Uber. Um, and then the, you know, the, the 10 minutes were getting into, like, just driving from Daly's Place to the hotel. Now, what if Daly's Place? It's an amphitheater. So it's not an arena. Um, it is it is not enclosed. There is a ceiling. There, I mean, there is a, a roof, a canopy uh, that is cloth, basically. That, so, you know, what? As advertised. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what they do have, which is great, are these giant fans. So, yes, mm. if you are sitting uh, in the lower bowl, in the 100 sections, that's closer to the ring. There are no fans there. So maybe you might get a decent cross breeze, you know, from left to right. Yeah, moving across the venue. But let's hope that's the case. Because I can't imagine what a concert would be um would be like, you know, with all those people in there. Um yeah, that, that's gotta be rough. However In a hot Florida night. In, in a hot Florida serious. night. So however where I was sitting in like the back of the first level under the overhang of the tiers of the sections above it, that these big ass fans They were actually from a company called big ass fans with a donkey on it. It's jeans. <laughs> um, That's some branding. Yeah. some branding right there. So uh, I was good the whole time because I had big ass fans, you know, in the, in the clutch doing work. Um, the show was fine. And one thing to note about the crowd for Dynamite, only the lower section was used. None of the upper sections were used. And there are three... They just moved everybody down, right? No, no, no. no. They didn't move anybody. They just didn't sell any upper level tickets. And even those lower bowl tickets, like the 100 section that was closest to the ring and immediately surrounded the ring area and stage were sold out. The 200 section, which was like the next level on the first level back, um, were... And half full. So if I had to guess, I would say there was maybe a thousand people there for dynamite. And, you know, I don't know if, if people have rose colored glasses on and maybe they're just um, uh, enamored by the sound of a roaring crowd. But it really wasn't that many people uh, for a, a dynamite where you go, Jesus, it sounds like the Rose Bowl. No, nah, it, 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 it was surprising that it was not that full. Um, so, cool. That was Friday. Saturday was the Fan Fest. And actually, that was the highlight of the weekend for me. Uh, the Fan Fest had... It was, it was a five-hour-long event. If you wanted to pay for meet and greets, uh, cool. You could do that. Uh, Eddie Kingston and his tag team partner there... Um, it, then you had, you know, Cody, um, you know, Bear Country, Top Flight, you know, the, the roster. They were there. There were some free um, uh, autograph signings if you were willing to wait. Now, those lines were a mile long. Yeah. However, the autograph area was on the Jacksonville Jaguars um, practice field that's literally attached to and behind the stage of Daly's Place. 
So, cool. I got to, like, you know, you know, run a hook and ladder for, for 15 yards on the Jaguars field. Um, don't think I didn't. And I was winded, and then I just started taking pictures of the belts. So, <laughs> once they, um, the, so as far as artifacts goes, they had Brody Lee's jacket, they had the Young Bucks, uh, like Elvis uh, costume, um, they had all of the titles, including the old um, smashed TNT championship. Uh, the AEW champion, uh, championship was uh, is is a big, beautiful belt. I can't imagine how much it weighs. It's got to be like 30 pounds, but it's just a huge belt, and it's um, just sparkles with all of the diamonds and stuff that like that in it. Uh, when Jericho lost it, and that's not something that you lose. That, that like If you lose the AEW championship and you're carrying it with you, You've basically lost like a six year old <laughs> because there's no way that you can leave without that weight that you've been carrying. Uh, um, Jamal, Jamal, as you are uh, a straight edge gentleman, as you are, we can absolutely both agree that the result of him doing that is <laughs> caused by his own marketing in a lot of bit of the bubbly. A lot yes. of the bubbly. A lot of it. I mean, first of all, too, when you're at an airport and you're constantly being badgered by the intercoms to do not leave your bags by themselves, every second right. you should be thinking like, where's my bag? Where's my bag? So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... I want to see I, it in person, too, man. I, I, that, I think- it's, yeah, it's a beautiful belt. Um, but I, I do think that he left, he left it on like a... Uh, and Applebee's or something like that, too. So I, I hope he tipped his bartender. I thought it was like a Ponderosa or something like one that. One of those. One of those. Yeah. Um, All the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, All the same. same. Right. So um, so they had you know some artifacts. They had the active action figures uh, there, including some unreleased ones. Uh, they were, that, was, that was pretty cool if you're into that sort of thing. Um, so let, let me ask you a question while I'm thinking about it. Uh, it, it I mean... I mean, we we know the Bucks and their avid guest at C two oh E three or C two E two. I think C2 it's C two E two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you think they're going to be trying to push to establish their own sort of con, sort of Russell con, but Bucks it, con. being yeah, I mean, you're clearly going to call it the being the elite con. Elite, it's going to be something that sort. But like, are you seeing the, the sprinkles of that right now? I mean, look, here's the thing. WrestleCon, that's what this is. And yes. if you can get it to a better degree when you don't have to worry about, you know, the, the shadiness that could be potentially lo- looming with that. And on top of that, you do get things that are free. You're not getting a WrestleCon without a ticket. But, like, if you can go to this and you don't even need to uh, pay for all the meet and greets, but still in that atmosphere, I mean, this well, could, it well, could Let me just say this. Um, the short answer is possibly, but because I would like to see them do this again. Uh, the tickets to the fan festival were thirty bucks, and yeah, for I mean, thirty bucks, you could do if you wanted to pay for a meet and greet, you could do that. <laughs> that just depends on how much you needed to talk to that talent. Wait a minute, and, what, one other question: Was Sting there? No, because <laughs> Sting, Sting wasn't putting up with that. Because <laughs> Sting is a hundred. He's a hundred dollar premium at any con, so. Yep. I'm just wondering, like, and again, that's that's the draw when 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 you when you are out of the WWE and 
you're able to take on these ventures. Like, that's a lot of money. You get to meet Sting and be around him for, what, one minute? And that's a big bill right there. So if they can do this, this can monopolize a lot of things. I mean, they get... Their upfront costs are already offset by the fact that they just have the talent there. So it's not like they have to bring anybody in. in. Yeah, exactly. So so a lot of their their upfront costs are already set, and they have everything that they had. They basically just emptied the attic and displayed it for everybody. So if you want to meet talent, go meet talent. If you want to see the artifacts, go see them. If you want to see the brand-new toys, then go see them. If you wanted to um, get Tony Schiavone's comic book signed, He's over there. Go see him. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, back in the arena or back in the uh, amphitheater, uh, there were events that were happening. It, again, it's from 12 to 5. So you had a two-hour long um, Dungeons and Dragons game with uh, Brandon Cutler and his crew. No, yeah. no. Uh, I, I, I thought I, I, he I, is I, the dragon, so it makes sense. I no, thought I saw that on Twitter. but yeah, so the, No, but that's his thing. He does it on Twitch. It's and enough people stuck around to do a thing. Um, personally, that's when I decided to because there were it was general seating for the event. Is explore, and every ticket that was available that I could upgrade to for the pay per view, I decided to see what that would be like. And ah. I sat on the stage. I sat front row. Uh, you know, I sat wherever I thought was the move that that I was going to make. And eventually, uh, I wound up finding seats that I liked and upgraded to. So that was an hour. Smart move. Well spent. Um, while while they were doing Dungeons and Dragons and whatever the hell that thing <laughs> happened, I don't know who won. I don't know how you went, but that it happened. Um, and then after that was over, they filmed AEW Dark. Huzzah! That's like my favorite product that they produce. So I didn't know that that was going to be a thing. It just said live matches. And the next thing you know, it's dark. Well, fucking A. <laughs> on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, they, wow. they, filmed it on that, on, they filmed it on that Saturday during the Fan Fest and it aired, wow. um, it aired Tuesday. And where wow. I sat for dark was basically under the uh, the ramp. Um, and you could see me in all my glory in my Mets jacket um, you know, while, while dark is going on. Huzzah. It, it was a good time. Um, after that, they had the, yeah. Um, I love dark. After that, they had the um, um, AEW podcast with uh, Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards. Um, it's a it's a thing that they do. Uh, I'm not particularly into it, but you know it was fun. And then there was uh, their guests include a negative one, who and Preston Vance, who people seem to like. Um, and uh, Abaddon was uh, was a was a guest there, so that was interesting. And Kenny Omega was a third guest, so podcast went off the rails quickly. But that was so that was a fun hour. Um, and then they wrapped it up with a press conference, and the press conference included a weigh in for reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah, what are those reasons? Yeah, none. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and basically, it was just a big round table. With the heels on one side and the faces on one side, and everybody just jawjacking at each other for an hour. <sighs> that was fun. Um, Miro actually won me over because he was just talking mad shit for an hour <laughs> to hmm. Taz, to Brian Cage, to uh, Lance Archer, who was his opponent, to everybody. And he had sunglasses on. And he looked so cool as hell doing it. So Miro won me over that day. And, and that was honestly 
uh, something they really should have touched on during the um, pay-per-view because they, obviously the event was worked. So there was mm-hmm. an angle that happened uh, during the press conference where Miro attacked Jake Roberts. Oh, my God, what will happen to the pay-per-view? So if you're going to bring stuff like that to the table, then you got to kind of you know remind people of that on pay-per-view to give them a reason to come back. So as far as the fan festival goes, it was absolutely worth $30. I can see that price going up. I can definitely see that price going up because if they charge 50, it would still be worth it. You know, if I, if there were free meeting greets, actually it was a good problem to have where you didn't know what you wanted to do. If okay. I had to do the meet and greet, then I could miss dark. I don't want to miss dark, but I got to go and, and get some, and I, but I want to see the belt and I want to see the yeah, stuff. I, so, I mean, this, you, this, you got to pick your shots at those things. Also, this is this formula is not unique here. I mean, they, this, yeah, this is when this, this. I mean, like because like the last time I went to Access is when they did uh, the Collide of Worlds or Worlds Collide, yeah, yeah. Uh, the NFC uh, thing. Yeah, and this is when like you know Keith Lee first was able. I mean, he, was, he wasn't even officially signed then, but he worked. Uh, I think he worked like Leo Rush or somebody who was huh. signed. It was just like. Oh, I can wear in this line and see Daniel Bryant, or I can take like a couple of steps over here and get to see Dijak well, and Keith Lee early. Yeah, they, had the, they had the tournament uh, during the thing that would get them uh, something else. Yeah, and I forgot what it was, but yeah, but so, yeah, yeah I mean, it's it works. Only only thing here is it seemed like this is all a one shot thing because I believe that access they have. I mean, access is multiple days and different slots, and like it's, you have to kind of pick who you want to who you want and who you want to uh, who you want to meet based on those slots and those tickets are sold based on those slots. But if this is a one shot thing and $30 and you got an opportunity to see everybody, or at least the people you want to see is all available. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, you, you kind of winning me over to say like, I'll, I'll drop in on a Saturday uh, or get there for a Saturday, Sunday, and then roll out after the pay-per-view. <laughs> no, I mean like and that, and that, that really was the move. So Oh, I'll, put, um, I'll put my dead carcass on a on a flight at any time. I, well, if I'm yeah. on there. I'm on there. <laughs> I worry about my body when I when I land. <laughs> so uh, Sunday, I upgraded my seats. The pay per view happened, um, mm-hmm. and it was it was fine. Um, I wasn't super invested in the pay per view from a storyline aspect, uh, and it, it was whatever. Um, the two matches that I were really excited about actually turned out to be just kick ass matches. And that was Rio versus Serena Deeb and Baker versus uh, uh, um, Shida for the women's championship. Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah, those two matches, sparkling matches, and I and I, and I love them both. Um, the rest of the show was what it was, which was a mix of what what is this to oh this is better than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> but getting out of the venue, it's midnight. Uh-huh. Now here's the deal: I left at eleven thirty because. The stadium stampede was taped on Thursday. Yeah, they. I did. know. I know that it was taped on Thursday because the lights of the stadium were on um, at the um, Altel, whatever the hell it's called now, but um, corporate name stadium was on, and I'm at the baseball game, and then all of a sudden, in right center field, where the scoreboard is for the uh, Jaguar Stadium, I see it says Pinnacle, and I see it says Inner Circle, and then there's drones flying over the middle of the field. <laughs> Like, behind the oh, scenes. Well, clearly this is happening. Yeah. Um, what I didn't know was that they only taped up to a point and then finished the show live, which was cute, but 
the way the video board was in the uh, in the amphitheater was smaller than the board itself. So they basically took um, a cutout of, of the of, they put the live feed in a frame, and around the border it said double or nothing. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the amphitheater isn't really. You're not. You really shouldn't be there to watch video. Um, so when the I was off to very 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 far to the side, which would have been great to see a concert or a wrestling show, but to watch the video that was kind of obstructed behind the screen, behind the um, the entry and, and stuff like that, and the pillars of lights and stuff like that. I wasn't going to sit for a half an hour at eleven thirty at night to watch a 20, 30 minute, you know, taped match that I can yeah. watch on YouTube in full. Yeah, I don't so, think I would either. Yeah, so so I left. Even even with the results of them coming out, it wouldn't have been enough to sell me over. Not at all. And, and I left, and 40 minutes later, when I heard Justin Roberts say, uh, the winner of the match, the inner circle, and I'm still three blocks away at the lift zone. Um <laughs> Not the impact zone, the lift zone. Yeah, uh, that's when I finally uh, make it across the river. I should have walked. Uh, I really should have walked. because You was probably, so, probably so beat, though. That's a whole day. I would have had the same mentality. Like, I'll just walk it. But, like, once those legs feel like spaghetti, that's it. You, yeah, but, but now, now I know because I had to walk six blocks to get to, to yeah. get outside of the stadium zone yeah. um, for lift. And, you know, to get to, like, an area where uh, more than one would, would be available – um, so I didn't get back into the hotel until like midnight. And then my flight was at 7 a.m., which means oh that God. I got up, you know, at 5 a.m. to get to the airport. Um, now I can get to the airport through the airport pretty quickly. So I wasn't worried about security. It was just a matter of if I go to sleep now mm. and it's 1 a.m. after showering and winding down, if my head hits this pillow, I may be stuck in Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that same feeling. I again, yeah. I would have my dead carcass right in front of the 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 the, uh, the gate, and I would just somehow get on that flight one way or another. I remember one time I was so tired, I missed my entire zone. And I was like, "Oh shoot, I need to get on." It <laughs> was like, "Sir, you're zone A." I was like, "We're not going to talk about this." <laughs> but it yeah, is so uh, so I made oh, made the Yeah, made it home. Um, that was the time. The last thing about the weekend, um, I took about 5,300 shots on my uh, brand new camera that I'm still sifting through. Uh, so you'll be able to see some of those uh, sooner than later. I know I shared uh, some with you too, James, about mm-hmm. I know the distinguished guy, so I had to get that one to you immediately. Um, but one other thing that happened that was a complete and total surprise, and I'm forever grateful for it happening. Uh, May Saruga uh, of Choco Pro Wrestling is my favorite mm-hmm. wrestler in the world right now. Bar none, point blank, period. And I wore her shirt to the pay-per-view because that's what you do in a wrestling show. You wear your favorite wrestler's shirts. What I didn't know was that my big ass was that noticeable on on the, um, on the stream, on the uh, event uh, viewing of it, that she tweeted out, her and the and the Gato Move uh, account tweeted out, "Whoever you are, wear the red Mesa Ruger shirt. Thank you." <laughs> well, hi, damn, okay. that's me. <laughs> Awesomeness. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that was that was super cool. I mean, you know, I'm forever grateful for her noticing me. 
Um, and I hope that if I get a, if I, if the, in that small gesture, uh, has an opportunity to get some more shot on her because she absolutely deserves it. Uh, literally my favorite wrestler going right now. Um, then that's what, that's what being a fan is all about. Right on. Agree. So, well, uh, as far as the weekend goes, uh, final score, seven out of 10. Jacksonville, get your shit together. We need more Uber lifts, Lyft drivers um, <laughs> to volunteer for the service. But um, but the pay-per-view was what it was. Uh, and as far as Daly's Place goes, it's a fine venue. I would definitely go back there. And if, honestly, Dynamite's on a Saturday, on the 26th. I'm not saying that I'm going, but don't be surprised if my big ass isn't in a, ma- a, red, a red Mace or Ruger shirt on Dynamite <laughs> on a Saturday night. <laughs> All right, well, look, let's uh, let's go to our uh, our commercial break. Um, I'm thoroughly surprised uh, Jamal didn't want to talk about him meeting his favorite podcaster this weekend and all sorts of other funny things that could have possibly happened. But that's not important. That's but, not yeah, important. That's <laughs> not important. But, yeah, let's go to our commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, WWE, the releases, the rumors, and speculation about what's to come. So let's uh, let's jump to that commercial now, folks. This episode of the Big Gold Bell podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected to the advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the Big Gold Bell podcast in the section titled, How Did You Hear About Podgo? in the application. All right. So uh, before we get started, um, definitely check out Now Released, our latest episode on our um, all of our audio platforms. You can check out episode 19 of our Flaming Hot Topics series where we uh, focus on one particular topic and really get raw and uncut. Uh, with that topic this week we're obviously talking about uh the big news of last week uh which was the um potential partnership that could be coming of new japan pro wrestling wwe and we give our thoughts about that uh so we do release that episode about a week later but if you are a patreon subscriber which you can join by simply being a patreon for one dollar you can get that immediately uh when it drops along with other uh, exclusive content and is and definitely more to come as things tend to uh, are are as things are trending to reopen, which means we can get back in person and get to doing what we do best. Um, but yeah, so look, the releases happened, which uh, news broke, the internet world went crazy. Um, it's a really, I won't say a sad time because. Um, I think it's much like we talked about before. I mean, we've seen this revolving door happen. And now that some really big, bigger names, shall we say, mm-hmm. have came out, you know, just a little bit of a different reaction. But, um, you know, from it, what it seems to be the reactions of the people who have been released, a lot of people are very positive about this. There's a lot of pouring support to the ones that's been released. Uh, a lot of negativity coming from the internet wrestling community. Uh, what else else is new (laughs) but like for the folks affected here they are handling it the way 
uh, that they feel best, uh, some better than others, but ultimately everyone's still trending in the positivity side of things. So um, I don't have all the names in front of me, but I do know some of the names are Lana, uh, Santana Garrett, Braun Strowman, um, Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy and now it's the Black. Black. Is that it? Ruby Ryan. And Ruby Ryan. Ryan. Right, yeah. right. So let's just, let's just start off with this. Um, of all the people that's been released, uh, who has been either the most eye-opening or who are you most intrigued by? And I'm going to go first here and say that there is a lot of there's a lot of star power in this group. Uh, one of the first women wrestlers that really caught my eye on independent scene was Heidi Lovelace. And I remember Jamal was like, her and Kimberly, these are two people to look out for. And they were the truth. Absolutely. And I think that her WWE run was was interesting, but I never really saw her coming to her own like I did her to her on the independence. And I think she's really I think she's really honest about that as well by saying that, you know, the Heidi Lovelace uh, character was somebody something that she didn't really pick. And this was something she wasn't really given. I mean, she didn't really pick as well, too, and was kind of given. And I think right now, like she's saying exactly what I think everybody should be saying is that this is a time to define who I'm going to be going forward. And I saw that. I was like, oh, this is going to get interesting because that's like that's that slight determination that people need. That's really, really going to drive them into their next step. And without a doubt, I mean, we can all say they're going to go here. They're going to go there, wherever it may be. She's about to be a huge star within the next few months. And I think that. As long as she's motivated, like the words jumped off the page to me, she'll be fine. And my my one B is easily Buddy Murphy. I think he has all the tools in the toolbox. And that dude, I mean, I, I, I don't think there was a better wrestler in that group than him. And considering that he got himself in much better shape uh, than he originally was, mm-hmm. we've seen flashes of greatness with him every single time he got the time. And sure, he got in bad storylines, but he still made the best of them. That dude right now, I'm sure everybody is on his line. Like, by the way, he has, a, he has an Outlook email address. Are you ready for Kenny Omega Jr. to show up on the debut episode of AEW? Wow, <laughs> did you just call him Kenny Omega Jr.? <laughs> and now I can't understand. Would it happen? God dang it, Would Will. they lean into that? And do the Kenny Omega Jr. gimmick if he landed up in Jacksonville. Just I, saying. I got nothing. But he has an Outlook email that he just posted. I'm going to need him to fix that. Outlook, Hotmail, and uh, what's Whoa, the bro. And Whoa, AOL. Bro. Retire. Watch against Hotmail, okay? Re- Watch ret- it. Retire those email domains, folks. <laughs> I will not. I will never retire my Hotmail account. No. <laughs> All right. Who wants to jump in there next? I'll, I'll jump go. in. Okay, you go. Go, you go, Damien. Yeah. So, so real quick, uh, I'm not surprised that any of these people, to be quite honest, got cut, with the exception of Alistair Black, and only because, and we've talked about this, the vignettes were filmed. He was in a hope, a high-profile sabotage of Big E, costing him the Intercontinental Championship a couple of weeks ago. We saw this repackaging, and now he got cut. And for me, that was the most surprising thing. Uh, I'm not surprised by Braun Strowman. He's kind of been plateaued the last, what, two years? Ever since Brock lumped him up at uh, the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago when he worked him a little stiff. 
I gotta get in there real quick. Why are you not surprised? Because like it releases he's plateaued. He's yeah. just there. But I don't I don't I don't think that I mean because Alistair Black would just be on the other hand, based on everything you're saying, like it's I don't think gimmicks is the reason why people are being released. I, no, I, not at all. Too, and I actually too think it's something business here. oriented. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah, business it's, oriented. And that and that's that's my gripe with the internet wrestling community. People are just like how could you get rid of Santana Garrett? She's so loved and she has she so wasn't much doing potential. Anything. But she I mean, like, she, she's been in NXT for years now. I know, like, but that is, it's just like these are what people are saying. They're just like, okay. they're coming out saying, like, that person's so over or they're so good. How could they be released? And it's just like, because maybe that's not the reason why. <laughs> you know, well, and you know? then secondarily, we can't decide who was over because there wasn't crowds the last year and change. So how do we know who <laughs> yeah. was over if there was no live audience? Twitter. So, uh, that doesn't count. We, we, we've been trying to push Cesaro to the, to the universe, and that's never going to happen. So that's neither here nor there. So here's why I think it happened. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's because Vince potentially is gearing up to sell. On the other hand... I saw something by a, a columnist by the name of Mr. Tito, who I used to read for years on LordsOfPain.net, where he mentioned Nick Khan is in there getting rid of variable costs. Braun mm-hmm. Strowman was a two mil, one mil a year talent, supposedly. And he did that deal two years ago. It ran through 2023. Now, when you start cutting people in the media department, you start cutting people who are like Flotsman Jetson on the performer department. It's because... Either A, they're in catering, or B, they're making too much money that they're not worth. Now, what usually that means is it's not because they're selling the company. It's the, the rumor here is that Mr. Tito put out is potentially Nick Khan's trimming the fat so he could become CEO oh. eventually. And that's why he potentially would have been brought in because the fixed costs are still the same. Now right. that they're getting back on the road again, they have to see what those fixed costs are for going back on the road. Now, when you take away, think about the names, okay? We said Lana, we said Ruby, we said well, Braun, well, Alistair. Hold on, before we, we, we out, before we really get into the business, I just want to know who you all are like tracking right now. Like who who has been of interest, and who do you who were you? You surprised? mean worker wise? Is it by the releases? Like who 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 are you all have an eye on? Like Only who? Alistair because he was in a, a high profile storyline on the A show. We'll we'll, we'll we'll come back to to the to the logistics because I have a lot of thoughts about that as well too. But uh, Jamal or Will. All right, so Alistair definitely is the most interesting to me because I think he can be plugged in anywhere in any yes. company. He yes. he is the most versatile, I think, outside of Ruby Riot because Lord knows you can put Heidi Lovelace in any women's division and she's automatically going to be valuable. She's going to be able to work with anybody and she's going to be able to elevate that division as just a veteran presence who's been all over the place and can help out immensely. So I think the two of them are the ones I'm most interested in seeing what happens to them, just because I think you'd have to be stupid not to want them on your show or in your company. So they're the most interesting. The other one that just it, it jumped out at me. I am so shocked that Braun got let go just because Braun is their prototypical big guy. Nice. Their their dude that came up through their system that they built. And you would think if any, they would just have kept him around. But I think it goes to what Damien was saying, that there were too many zeros on that contract. <laughs> and between that and his gimmick as a monster, it just ran its course. 
And I think that's what's up. We'll get into that in a bit as far as why he might be gone. But where he ends up, I think, could be interesting. Because I could very easily see Braun being a uh, Ryback who just disappears <laughs> and doesn't end up anywhere else because he just thinks point, so well. highly of himself. But time will tell on that. <laughs> Here's why I don't care. The, the, so long, the long and short of it is, is that a bunch of people that really weren't doing much got cut. And you could argue that except Aleister Black. Because they had just repackaged him and, and, you know, his wife may or may not be coming back to the company and, and all this other stuff. The long and short of it is, is that, so what? I'm not saying that just because he was you know, starting a, a promo or a feud or whatever, is that they clearly don't have long-term plans for him. Because if they did, he wouldn't be cut right now. And that's kind of what WWE's been doing. I don't mind that he's actually been cut because I don't think he fits that style. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. You need people that can work your style. Just because a star quarterback is available doesn't mean you need to draft him if you have three already. Just because they are available doesn't mean that you need them. And that's what WWE did two years ago, three years ago, when AEW first came around. They made an entire show out of spite. They turned NXT into the spite show. They started signing people uh, that really weren't worth what they were being signed for, and they gave them this money to sit at home. <clears throat> and then when they bring in a guy, a new guy, who's the money guy, because he's the chief financial officer, which just means the money guy, he starts redlining everything that he doesn't think that's going to work. Right. So it's... WWE should have from the beginning, and because Vince is Vince, they didn't, but they need to run their race instead of trying to cut the competition. WWE is on par with everyone else in the world as far as sports presentation. They're up there with the NFL, basketball, baseball, Japanese baseball, rugby, the Olympics. They're up there with all of them as far as presentation. So why in the blue hell do they need to spite the competition? AEW was whatever they are. They put NXT to kind of spite them. There were never any competition in Raw. And then all of a sudden we go, well, they cut these people. Well, no shit, they cut them. WWE <laughs> doesn't need to um, keep people that they don't, you know, that they don't need to spend the money they don't have. Right. And then the second thing about that is, I'm surprised. Actually, the thing that surprised me most is that this is where it seems to have stopped. They only cut five more or so. I'm not saying that people sh that I want people to lose their jobs, no. except Aaron Corbin. Fuck that guy. But uh, what I am saying is, <laughs> is that I don't. There isn't anybody on the roster that is franchisable. To keep it with the sports parlance, I don't see anybody on the roster that's like. No, there's no way that we cut you. Maybe, except Roman Reigns. There's not even a maybe. It's absolutely only Roman Reigns. He's the closest right. thing to it at this point. Yeah, he's the when closest you, thing. You, right. you said you have to abandon the entire ship and one person has to float. It's Roman Reigns. By all means, he's, he's probably the biggest star power slash wrestler that you have that you have longevity in. Like, and, if, and if that's the case, and that's fine, I'm not going to argue that point, even though my personal bias is aside against Roman Right. I'm not going to argue that point because if that's the case, as bloated as the roster is, 
why do they only cut five? Yeah, because I mean, because I, yeah, no, no, but this, this is this is not just five. The, the previous ones have happened. You know, they're happening. Yeah, but there was a month, that was two, like two months ago. Yeah, but they're happening in sprints, and I think like this is where we don't know because I think that when you have to think about how cr- contracts are structured, uh, right. the, the the opening the open season where you can make these type of uh type of uh personnel changes and whatnot. Uh, because again, when you say release, you get released, you're still getting paid. So that doesn't necessarily come off the books automatically. I mean, if it's anything like football, which is the only thing I can equate to, but when you say release, you're still getting paid for that one year period that you're on. Well, so for them, if- it's three months, but, the, but, and you're right. It doesn't come off the books immediately. However, um, by voiding their contract and, and paying them for three months, they save a lot of money in the end anyway. Yeah, um, and, and again, we just don't know how certain people contracts are loaded, uh, yeah. the the wording in it, and we can assume all we want, but you have to just think like maybe Braun they wanted to release Braun all this time, but this is only the time they could do it because of whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Well, and well, here's, here's, I think the, the big thing about yeah, well, Braun is it just it just establishes that they're looking at everybody. They're not just looking anymore at Good like point. your Zach Riders and like <laughs> low level talents. Now they're looking Will, at like, oh, you got a big contract. Will get off Twitter. Looking at you. Step stale Twitter. This Will has basically just spoke for the Twitter folks. Where people like, like we've seen the rumors of the people saying who's who's the next batch to get to get released. And and under, under and under all you see is people saying like. Yeah, they're not doing nothing with Angel Garza. He's he's next, and it's just like I did see that. <laughs> get, get, get off this gimmick mentality as to why people are being targeted. It's it's definitely not that because you can have somebody with a bad gimmick and get paid nothing, and you'll just keep them. I mean, no shade, but like it was. <laughs> no, well, I mean, he he's a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, know? come on now. He, he is America's dad, all right? <laughs> Father's Day is coming up. They can't get rid of Titus. <laughs> I'm trying so, to so, right, right. so the only three at the end of the day will be left is Titus, Roman Reigns, and Mansoor. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yep. There you yep. go. Got, nice going in there yeah. you go. Yep, you 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 nailed that one. <laughs> By the way, I gotta get that Mansoor shirt. I'm just waiting for a deal to go. I'm I'm absolutely getting that. You're so, really yeah. gonna get a Mansoor shirt? Really? Hell, hell yeah! Absolutely, hell yeah! I, I need it. Hell yeah! All of them. I hope they drop a six pack like they did for Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak. <laughs> but, but to that point, Drew Gulak was released, and then they brought him back. And then he came back, and he's happily ever after. So you just never know where sometimes releases could be contract negotiation. Here's something I'll, I'll bring up as a parallel. Actually, actually, about that, let me make this point real quick, is that we don't know if they're being released to have new contracts restructured. We exactly. We see we'll, that. We'll, we'll void your contract yep. uh, right now, and then we'll talk about it in September for a lot of these guys. Yep, and think yeah. about it. You have to use proper legal terms in doing so. You can't say fired because if you say fired, then you are obligated to uh, financial compensation because of whatever the contract situation may be. But if it's released, it can be a renegotiation. Matter of fact, we don't even know uh, WWE to to do contract restructurings and uh, negotiations. So maybe they are keeping it as simple as release new sign, you know, and maybe that's just how they're able to keep uh, checks and balances done in a, in a way that just makes sense to them. But I was going to say, like, in news today, in other in other words, like Netflix, the show uh, Jupiter's Legacy, their whole cast got released. And it's a yeah. bizarre thing to hear that from a, a, a show standpoint. But 
That's because they could not come up with a budget for that for that show to come on. Netflix is like, we're not we're not paying that. And the people's like, fine, we command this. We are a superhero genre. We see what other superhero genres are doing. So pay us this, and we'll do the season two. No, that's okay. But we'll use it for your animated your animated series. We'll do that. But like this whole casting and budget need for that, release it. And you can imagine they're probably like, well. If the boys are making this much on Amazon, we should be making this much on Netflix. And Netflix is like, not at all. We'll just release everything. And and it is what it is. And that's why <laughs> the, the the verbiage under that is like, now they're shopping this show because they know that there's other platforms that's going to be like, yeah, Amazon just bought MGM, which probably puts them out the game. But Amazon is easily a player in the game. So like, we'll pick it up. We'll pick, we picked up any, everything else that's been dropped. So you know, and that's and that's where I'm, I I I think of like the positivity out of this is you know we we we've been talking offline about Alistair Back and how he's been conducting himself post WWE and he's giving praises to WWE, which everybody's just like, nah, don't do that. You supposed to badmouth them, burn bridges. Yeah, and, yep. and he's not because why would he? Why would he? Because that affects his keep, home and his likelihood to open. come back. Yeah. So Keep all the doors assuming open. that she's actually coming back because yeah. I mean we don't know what she's doing. We still haven't she could, seen her. We, yeah. we, we a haven't seen her or heard from her at all. Uh, we don't know what the hell she's doing there. She could just be doing motion capture stuff for the game. She yeah, could be doing another WWE movie. We don't know. It's still money. Don't blow it. That's that's coming into the household. Sure, yeah. if it's if it's a six month contract to do some extra whatever type of work. That's money, but you don't burn it because, you know, and, and WWE, you know, they have religiously brought in couples and match couples for traveling and all that other good stuff. So we, we understand that it always looked like a package deal, but sometimes it's not. And this is one of those cases where it's really not a package deal, although they had both of them and now they're playing opposite sides here. But you, you don't mess up the money that's coming to the home and for 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 whatever it's worth, you damn sure don't listen to anybody on the internet wrestling community, Twitter, telling you that <laughs> you should be bad-mouthing them, and how could you say nice things and Vince this and Vince that? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. the, the most interesting thing about the Aleister Black deal, I think, is that it clearly shows that creative has nothing to do with what's going on, that they right. weren't even aware yep. since he was being used so recently and according to him, he was going to be on SmackDown this Friday. So yeah. whatever's going on, it's business. There's some mm-hmm. other division or something going on that is making these choices. And it's not creatively based because he was, of all of them, very clearly positioned to be doing stuff like as soon as this Friday. So something right. very different is going on now. So if we, we want to trans, transition into are the speculation of what exactly is going on here. Cause it sure seems like, like we've talked about they're they're looking at, are they looking at money? Are they looking at budget? Yeah, of course they're claiming to everyone. Oh, you know, it's budget, but we know they're making money hand over fist, but you can always make more money. Ain't no one going to turn down more money. So right. are they trimming the fat? Is yeah. Nick Khan been brought in with the idea that he is not a wrestling person? So he is strictly just looking at, you know, it as a business and saying, this can go, this can go, this can go, and just not worried at all about, you know, I don't give a damn if they're doing something this Friday, they're out of here. You yeah, know? Right. And, 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 and bottom line. 
And sometimes you need that. I mean, in 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 the real world, or should I say, in 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 our circle of of what the real world is, you know, when you see this happening on on the job, they they hire third party agencies to come in and yep. do these type of uh, uh, research and, um, as you say, trimming the fat and whatnot. So it could be that instead they hired him. And, you know, when you say hiring him, what does that mean? Is he a WWE employee? Is he a contractor? Is he a, 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 a oh, he's term? An employee. Is he a term <laughs> position, got- though? You know, what? What? what is it? And, and again, for the rumors saying that he's doing this to actually get to another position, then that means that, yeah, this could be one of those, like, you know, jobs that he's just temporarily filling in as a performance to see does he actually meet the requirements for this whatever position that he could be going to. Yeah. So like I just pulled audition. I just pulled up his I just pulled up his profile and he's currently listed as president and chief revenue officer at WWE. So they revenue yeah. right in the damn job title there. Yeah. So, so I mean obviously he's got a lot of power very quickly and only seems to be getting more of it in the yeah. last uh month or so. And, Stuff's happening with him. Yeah, and, I, and again, I mean, like you say, we can blame him, we can blame Vince, but either way, they're making moves to stay afloat. This company has shown the maximum resilience in a pandemic. I don't think there's anyone else that can say they stayed afloat like WWE did. You well, because have seen, they cut like ten percent of their, you know, talent. So I mean, uh, I would argue, I would argue, AEW may have done a better job. Um, as far as streamlining uh, their talent, they brought in they brought in new talent. Uh, they mm-hmm. launched a new show, two new shows, mm-hmm. with um, you know with Elevation starting and then Rampage to come. Um, you I, could argue that the quality of the product is what it is, but that's a different thing. They're in different, they were able to shoot for a month at QT Marshall Sex Dungeon, they, so they're in, they're in different stratospheres. Is what I'm saying. Like WWE had so much invested into worldly things that mm-hmm. it didn't look good for them. Like and, they, and AEW didn't. I mean, they were supposed to be in London for a pay per view last year. They were supposed sure. to, you know, they, their all of their traveling schedule was put on hold. All of their talent that they use in different markets locally to, you know, for their scouting purposes that was put on hold. So. It upended it upended them too, and to be honest with you, who I knows mean, what, we, what we would be talking about if Vince McMahon and, and Linda didn't slip Governor DeSantis a twenty million dollar check to say like, yeah, we're a center now, bitch, and, and, and it, that's <laughs> and that's what happened. And again, I mean, that's why they, you know, uh, they they were the martyr for you know the resilience shown during the pandemic. I mean, again, they had the the UFC looking over, salivating like, how do we do this? And yeah. You know, Why and every and everybody else said, "Oh, we can be in the uh, an essential sport, and we can do things yeah. in Florida." All yeah, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that like if there's a competition, one there's a clear winner over another because the Thunderdome was a genius idea uh, yeah. as far as creating the aesthetic, especially after what Raw looked like during the um, in the performance center. They might as well have it in a damn funeral. Yeah, it was, it was awful. They might as well have yeah. it in a funeral home. So <laughs> for them to do that to get the Thunderdome off the ground and then to have WrestleMania with a loud crowd a year later. I mean, it's, it's a night and day difference as far as production goes. And then they were able to introduce new things like those 8K cameras that they're using to switch up with the intros and a lot of stuff they were able to make, uh, you know, women's for eliminate from women's, but I think AEW has done a you know, pretty damn good job as well, considering where they are. WWE is in their like 70th year. 
AEW's in the third, and they're second of TV, of your weekly TV. And they were still able to like launch a show and then have the rug pulled out from under them and, and be on TBS next year too. So I, I say pats on the you know back to, for all of them except the NWA, um, you know, because even Impact <laughs> took some time off and had to figure their shit out and then get back going. So yeah, they were able to do it and, and do a hell of a job. And the major indies like GCW were able to do it too. So I mean. They found a way to survive, man. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Can you guys humor me for a couple of minutes regarding something that Booker T said about Alistair Black? That's oh, got dear, people uproar already. I, so I, I, you say it, Booker and I'll tell did. you why I don't why why I agree with him. Uh, be, this, be, is, be, be, this is what Booker said. That, I was just going to say before you say that too. You know, at, at the end of the day, for the talents that's been released and you know everyone affected here. As everybody's already, I mean, I'm going to say everybody, but as the uh, reputable people have been saying online, like, you know, this is one door closed, one door open. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of good things come from this. It's unfortunate that some people were kind of blindsided by this, but at the same time, too, you know, you got to you gotta have some doors closed in order for your next opportunity to open. And whether it's just done this way or not, you know, it's just time to shine. You know, you got to go forth here. So I, I'm excited for the possibilities going forward. Um, luckily, there's other opportunities in the wrestling world, um, mm-hmm. in the media world, whatever it may be. And um, it's really going to be um, an interesting time. So I would love, folks, if we could revisit this. It's uh, it's June. Let's talk about let's talk about this around November um December Labor Day weekend a lot Shoot, of these we might be day, talking about it a lot sooner yeah Labor Day weekend a lot of these 90 day uh um uh not complete clauses expire so that will be very interesting going to the big GCW Slammiversary uh, um yeah GCW Chicago show all out at Slammiversary also also there is the July um expiration date for a lot of the people that were uh released in the first batch so July, like mid July, July 14, 15, something like that, we'll be interested to see where Samoa Joe you know, shows up or a bunch of people. Um, so I'm, it, it will be interesting to see where everybody lands, except Ron, who I do wholeheartedly believe will never wrestle again. Mm. Right That's back. interesting. One. All right, <laughs> all right, David, go ahead. Let's let's hear what Booker T has to so, say. So, so real quick, we all know Booker likes to say things that gets people stirred up. You know, that's fine. Uh, a quote. Alistair Black is a good worker, but I'm looking for a guy that's a talent. I'm looking for a guy that's going to go out and do things totally different than everyone else on the roster. Alistair Black had his MMA getup, his Kung Fu, Karate Black mask for the finisher. I get it. But for me, Alistair Black was a guy that didn't set himself apart from the rest of the guys in the locker room. End quote. Hmm. Tell me where he's wrong. I like him and I like him and evolve, but I mean, he was just, he was one of the ones I was like, all right, let's see how this works. And like, yeah, they, they, they definitely packaged him uh, and equipped him with a lot of razzle dazzle and it worked. But I mean, you could argue, I I don't believe I seen the classic. I mean, he had some good matches, but like, oh, yeah, the stuff with Bernie Murphy was was fantastic. Very true. Very true. Underrated too. But again, the 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 ricochet thing was, was great too. 
I'm I'm just gonna say my personal thing is that he should have been in NXT UK when that first got launched. It just made sense mathematically, and mm. I think he would have been a little bit more comfortable in that atmosphere and bringing up that brand, and we probably could have seen more. I think he he could have been a centerpiece there, oh. absolutely, and he could have been what Pete Dunne is or better at that and with that investment. So I don't think Booker T's wrong, but I could have seen ultimate realities how this could have went any other way. The thing is, for WWE, it's not that their roster is too big because they do have a lot of content they need to fill. I wish Main Event was a two-hour show. Not because it needs to be, but just because, like, Raw and SmackDown is the main roster. That is what it is. And that requires a particular type of skill set, a particular type of character to work that style. Don't split the brands anymore. Just make it two shows with one with one roster, and let that be that. But for the free flowing, more um, you know, loose type of a setting, make that main event, and just let main event do its thing, kind of be like the dark or the elevation of, of WWE, because NXT is and again its own thing. So if NXT is the first stop on the in in the building, it's the front door, then. You could either go left to the main roster or right to main event. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. And that's unfortunate because there are a lot of people, since we're talking about Aleister Black, let's say him, that I don't really think fits on the main roster. Mm. I don't, and it's not that he can't work it. He obviously can. And nobody's going to argue that he can. But I just don't think his aesthetic fits, especially when there are guys like Dijak, you know, that exist or guys like Keith Lee that exist a guy that are a little bit more vanilla in character for the main roster. And the random main roster is fucking Nilla Wafers. Yeah. I, Whereas I, main event, you could be a lot more experimental. Yeah. I mean, this, this literally just popped in my head when you came up with that idea of making main event a two hour show and making it a little bit more wrestling centric like that. And not so sports entertainment like the other shows. You know what it should be? Main event should be WCW Saturday night. Saturday night. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the Absolutely. show. It should, Absolutely. It should just be a more basic show, matches. You could have some recaps in there of what's happening on Raw and SmackDown, but the bulk of the show would just be matches with folks that aren't NXT, but your your other superstars from Raw and SmackDown that aren't necessarily in a big program, but they got stuff going on there, and maybe like you know, you occasionally you have a U.S. title or Intercontinental title or tag title main event on there. Yeah. The 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 mid card essentially of your main roster shows. Yeah. yeah, I mean two things here. I mean I I think I said this like a uh, a while ago, but I mean that this was a job in which you bring in somebody like Mac uh, Mike Quackenbush in, and you have him use his knowledge Oops. to really produce things. And yeah, that didn't happen. But then somebody else all of a sudden appeared, and that's Gabe Saporsky, who just fits his identity with Evolve. And if you do that, and by the way, Mustafa Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali, has been promoting um, um, main event like it's the premiere show. If you always search his social media, he's always like promoting it. But like, it absolutely makes sense. You have the mindset of somebody who ran a super indie, uh, who used all almost. I mean, I think it's safe to say about seventy percent of that talent has been on Evolve. So yeah, give yeah. them the keys to the vehicle, and, and you book do it as a that. separate, a separate yeah. little mini universe inside the larger <laughs> WWE universe. It's a Evolve. solar system. 
Jamal, I'm yeah, hoping there, there, that's the term I'm going for. <laughs> I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that AW timids WWE so much that they say we got to do something to, to cross uh, to to uh, um, what's the word? Uh, not cross promote. I can't think of the word. But try to uh, um, it'll come to me in a second. But yeah, in, in other words, something to compete with it. In other words, and they did I, that. They put NXT on out of spite, and look what it cost them. And that was a million dollars. But still, more shows are coming. And the idea that they said we need something to compete with it. And I think that if they feel timid enough to see that, then maybe we do get something like that. Because like main event definitely still happens. It seems to be a Hulu obligation. Uh, Hulu. Well, Hulu and, and, and international. I didn't I think, even know it was on Hulu. So thank you very much. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I think a lot of people get it on Hulu, but they also get it internationally as their show. Yeah. If Raw doesn't air live. Yeah, so um, I think in some places like Raw is on in the middle of the night and they may not get it live. They'll get main event, which is like a hybrid recap of of things. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's that could be interesting, but because I mean they have the talent, they have the time. Uh, you know, and, and and as far as the uh, the service goes, if they made SmackDown a four hour event, you know, start tape main event before the show, and then do SmackDown. I'm not saying that they you know that's something they need to do. Because it's only six matches in two hours. Yeah. They can easily do that. But you can knock that out in an hour and a half. And then then you air it whenever you air it, produce it, and then SmackDown comes alive. It doesn't hurt the product. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think that that could be something because where do these guys go? Like, you like you broke up Retribution, for example. Where do they just go instead of floundering on the main roster? Well, send them back to NXT to do what? Like, you know that they're in this weird place that Aleister Black is, honestly, too big for NXT. And it doesn't mean that NXT is bad. It's just that he doesn't fit there anymore. Either he's that, not a main roster type. So where either, does he go? Either that or we go back to the ideas we, we were throwing out there, you know, months ago is that if you legitimize NXT as a third brand, then going to NXT ah. shouldn't feel like a demotion. It demotion. should be like, right. this is the identity of the person. I mean... Yeah, remember the three months they, that they, they tried to do that? And remember how we thought it was going to last more than three months? And I'm not bringing it up. I'm, okay, I got well. too much too much heartburn for that. But you this you is, that damn Survivor Series. This, this is why Daniel Bryan needs to go to NXT. They need to have the Brinch truck surrounding his house right now to say, like, <laughs> we need you to sign and we need you to... I mean, let's just face it. Let's We need you to make NXT cool. You go back there and Pretty we give much. it we we even let him be a, a mild producer of some sort, but like make it mini ROH or mm. big big ROH at a point. <laughs> and this and, and, and let it do what it do. But like Daniel Bryan being there instantly is like, oh, NXT is legit. I mean, Finn did it. It was it was part of his identity when he first came. But like Daniel Bryan is definitely the icing on the cake. Because Finn Balor was like, a, oh, that's different. Honestly, but Daniel Bryan going is like, this is a big move. I mean, if Daniel Bryan going, I wouldn't even be surprised if somebody like the likes of Seth Rollins come in like a year or something. Honestly, I think NXT needs a major overhaul. It ain't what it was. It will never be that. And God rest his soul. But when Dusty Rhodes died, he took a bit. He took a large chunk of the identity of NXT with him. Agree, and and I, and I don't think that what they have now 
is Triple H's version of that. He's trying to re, he's trying to bake this cake without the ingredients uh, mm-hmm. written down. And, and and in some ways it works, and in some ways it doesn't. And, and, and I get it, and I, and I like it in general, but it just ain't the same, and it won't be. I think I think there may be too many seats at the table. I, I think as the expansion came, then you say, oh, we need a representative that's going to give the eye what's best interest for USA Network since we're live. We we need somebody that's going to have this at best interest. And because it, it, because it used to feel like a wrestling show, because of the idea of it going live, now you have to say, like, oh, this is an entertainment production now. And so maybe that's where you're starting to see mischiefs on things. I mean, Poppy's coming back again. Like, why? Ugh. Well... Well, the, well, this is the thing too. Well, Dusty died, so that that changed the way the talent uh, interacts, uh, and the crowd isn't there, and that's also a big part of the identity. So, two out of those three things yeah. that are holding up NXT. Hey, are you was, giving? Are you giving full sale their props? That 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 family? Shall I say? Are you giving them their props right now? To to be honest with you, even Marie is yeah. one of the greatest heels of all time. <laughs> She would not be that person if it weren't for that crowd. Live with it, Damien. It's true. No, nope, it's, I refuse it's to. damn true. And by the <laughs> way, any anybody who is saying, how could you cut this person but bring on Eva Marie? Like, stop it, folks. It's, it's so annoying how people are online. Just, uh, yeah, well, that I won't ever say. I just don't care for Yeah, you will. It's just, yeah. No, I won't. I'm not follow, one of those. Follow, follow him at Damien G Show and please uh, <laughs> at, at uh, us <laughs> immediately when you see that. <laughs> I don't care, to Jamal's point, so much that people got cut. It's more, I don't, it doesn't really affect me. Am I shocked? No. Does it mean I still want Eva Marie on my television? Hell no. I do. I'd rather Bring eat every vegetable on the planet. Bring her back. I well, want I don't her to, like vegetables. I want her to eat, no. I, I want her to be the catalyst as to why evolution comes back. Now eat Eve that. Mar- Eva Marie needs a three segment talk show segment on Raw. Yes. Give her forty three minutes. Hours to fill. I want Eva Marie to come out with Vince McMahon each week and to stir the pot with everything. In a, in a different Maserati. I want I want her to basically say that she's the reason why particular wrestlers were released. I want her to say it right out of her mouth. Feet, y'all want that, that's what y'all want to hear. So I want her to play right to it. <laughs> right, no, really, right. And that's and that's actually like low key. She kind of did that because earlier to yesterday, just as people were getting cut, she's like, "Guess who's the face of the women's division? Guess who's the evil evolution?" <laughs> Evolution, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, the black trash bag brigade is like shuffling them out. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's about time too, she started throwing up to it. Too, too bad, Damian, man. Sorry, bro. You lose here. Um, oh, let's uh let's wrap things up tonight. It's been a fun episode. Uh, anything other remarks that we want to give? Anything else we didn't touch on that y'all want to uh, uh, cover before we roll out? I got news if you want it. Anybody else before What's that? Interesting? Just real quick, um, I don't know what you covered about Battle Club before I jumped on, so I just wanted to just say uh, thank you to everybody involved. It was a blast. Uh, I've never had that much sweat dropped on me by other people before, so Wait, that was kind of kind of awkward being that close to people and sweat flying everywhere. Um, thankfully, I'm vaccinated, so we good, folks. But no, a uh, special shout out to to Yo Kim, everyone involved, Two Chains, myself had a blast. Uh, Jay Lee Photography, 
wonderful as always. And it was a, it was a long day, but we did good work and I'm very proud of it. So I'm looking forward to the next time we get to do that. So thank you. Sounds good. Oh, and run All back right. Rob Killjoy against Saeed El Sabah. Run that back because that was legit great. Yeah, that is the match that we look out for. If you're just looking for that one match, that's the one. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's jump into news and then we'll wrap up. Well, I mean, since we're talking about Battle Club, let's, why not just talk about the first show, the next show they're going to do, July 31st. It just yeah. says uh, New York City, and that's fine. Yeah. But the big get is Vic Swole. Versus Tasha Steeles. Yeah. Yes. I, I I don't know where I pitched this at, but I said that like that needs to happen, and I don't know where it's going to happen, but there is one place that it should happen, and I guess my well, my, my yeah my thoughts didn't fall on deaf ears. So yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I might I might have to might could be there for that. Might. Um. But yeah, so that's that's a big deal. Obviously, more to come as it's announced. Uh, the Stadium Stampede Part D happened over the uh, weekend, part of the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, uh, and they ended live. And that was interesting. That was a bit unexpected to have the show end in the ring. Um, and apparently that was Sammy Guevara's idea. He was on Busted Roper Radio, and he says, we've been doing this barely in front of people for the last year and a half. I forgot what a crowd sounds like. Uh, so I don't know if it was just the fact that I haven't heard a loud crowd in a while, but yeah, that was one of the loudest talking about the crowd at AEW. And there were some thunderous pops for um, for some AEW talent. I mean, like, yeah, I can, I can understand how people are like, well, we don't know who's over because there's nobody to tell us. And Lord knows did they let you know during pay-per-view. And that was a good, that was just fun to be a part of that. Um, he said uh, about the pay-per-view, about the match, it was my idea to have the match go from cinematic to ended in the live crowd and I actually went with it. I was surprised too. Tony and Chris came up to me and said that was actually a really good idea. And I figured others went up to them and told them the idea of that. They said, like, no, nobody else did. They gave me the credit for it. So that was uh, really cool. So, you know, so good on Sammy. And, you know, the match was interesting. Um, and it, it sounded like people enjoyed it as I waited six blocks away from my Uber for 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ruby Riot uh, took to Instagram to talk about her. Uh, you know, her release uh, yesterday, she says, essentially, I've never been good at this sort of stuff. And yesterday, in a matter of minutes, my life changed dramatically. And after some tears and some panic and a full box of Oreos, I was able to look back at how lucky I've been to accomplish what I have. And, and good for her. You know, that's that that was a thing. And um, she was in WWE for a minute. And now she gets to go and do it all over again and do it somewhere better. Do it somewhere Allison, and obviously she will. Um, there's, there's no doubt that she will. We were talking about Mansoor uh, briefly earlier because Mansoor and the Mansoor Nation is always listening. Um, I'm not saying that WWE has a 30% off sale, but I am saying that since they do, you might want to pick up that Mansoor shirt for 20 bucks. If they had my size, it would be on the way. But I'm actually liking this Mansoor right now, uh, Mansoor shirt right now. you got re- got to represent for the, uh, for the kingdom. By the way... I'm also intrigued with what, what they're getting ready to foreshadow with Mansoor and Ali. And the reason why is because it just makes sense on television. But Ali and what he's giving back to the independents and the people that he's working with on a regular, talk about a person that you want to you wanna be in that ring with to take your talents to the next level. Yep. This is this is what Mansoor needs. Like, And I, I yep. again, 
You heard it here first. We're we're, we're first on Mansoor's bandwagon. I don't want to see nobody talking about how much how much they liked him since day one come 2022. I don't want to hear it. But just know he's on the way up. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't believe it, then the Saudi kingdom will make you believe it. Right. <laughs> uh, so The Rock, he, he and his team owns the XFL. The XFL is in uh, conversations with the Canadian Football League for some kind of deal. Whether that deal is a full-on merger or some kind of collaboration, we're not sure. But apparently the football scope is getting a little bit more crowded as the USFL is making a comeback. For the first time since uh, 1986? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, Where the the USFL uh, folded, uh, they're apparently coming back and they're going to be on Fox. Yes. Oh, wow. they got a deal, and I think Fox Ow. has a bit of the ownership of. Oh, it, so. okay. no, then that's it. Then wow, this man, I'm telling, it's a crazy time in the last two <laughs> years for deals in in sports, man. Wow, spring football is going to be a thing, wow. one way or another. Whereas XFL, USFL, CFL. It, it's going to be real interesting. I just wonder, are they going to bring the old teams back? Are the Memphis Showboats going to ride again? Oh, no. <laughs> the hell of a name, though. So, can, can, can I just ask a quick question, just out of a little bit of ignorance? Why would Fox want to invest in such? Because football and America. Football and America. So, I mean, like, the baseball season, uh, the Super Bowl was early February. I think they're pushing it back to mid-February now because the season's a little bit longer. And then after that, you're telling me that we can get more football? And then it doesn't Before conflict baseball with their, starts up? Yeah, and baseball doesn't start till like, uh, till early April. So we can have more football and baseball if you want. Mm. Well, hot damn. I mean, yeah. what else do you yeah. need to know? Um, right. So, yeah, so that, that is a thing. Um, apparently, there already is a spring football league that airs on FS1. I didn't know what okay. it was, and I was in the hotel desperately trying not to go to sleep on um, on Sunday night, Monday morning, and it said spring football. And it was, and it was a bunch of people that I never heard of playing actual football, um, and it was a thing. But the bottom line is, is that we went from an 18-game season to – two whole-ass leagues popping up um, out of nowhere. So it'll be interesting to see what happens then. And it also will be interesting to see how uh, The Rock counters that because the XFL is supposed to go live next year, uh, and I hope that that still remains the case. Uh, as far as wrestling happening this weekend, there's uh, SmackDown, obviously, uh, tomorrow. Uh, hybrid Wrestling in Atlantic City, they're doing a show called Roll of the Dice. That one looks interesting to me. Uh, Marty Bell versus Trisha Dora is it should be a damn good match. Um, Holly Dead versus Masha Slamovich should be a damn good match. Yeah, and Homicide versus Rich Swan should be a damn good match. So, I'm very interested to see how that works out. Um, New Japan Strong episode number 43 happens on Friday. Uh, Star Pro Pulse Wrestling number three happens in Jersey on uh, on tomorrow. No, oh, yeah, on tomorrow. Uh, Ring of Honors this weekend, of course. GCW has the Tournament of Survival uh, this weekend. Um, the Warrior Wrestling, the Stadium Series, that was the one where it was supposed to be Rosa versus Kali uh, Ray. Um, that's not going to happen because Rosa pulled out. But uh, that's but the but the show is still going to go on. Uh, that's in the Chicago area. Kali Ray versus Holly Dead is the match now. 
but the match that I'm interested in is Trey Miguel versus Lee Moriarty. Hot damn. Uh, Casey Navarro versus Cole Radrick. It looks interesting. Um, and then there's the two out of three falls match, which looks just absolutely bananas. Too many names to list. So, yeah, there's a bunch of wrestling going on. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, of course, there is the NWA pay-per-view. That's... Uh, Wait, there's an NWA pay-per-view? It's- not only do you have to pay for NWA, but you have to pay for oh, the pay-per-views, no. too. And that looks interesting. Um, the, the main event, of course, is Nick Aldis versus Trevor Murdoch. Really? Oh, loss. Um, and then you have uh, Deep versus Camille, which is the only match that I'm really interested in. Uh, the tag team title match with his Aaron Stevens, Aaron Stevens, and uh, J.R. Kratos um, in a three-way tag match. Eh, sure, uh, Melina and Rosa. Were-